to the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Here is your host, the one and only, and thank God for that, Rob Carson. Hi. <laughs> The show is taking off. We are number 22 in the United States on Apple I, uh, on Apple uh, uh, Podcasts, I should say. On Apple Podcasts, number 22 already. We're still getting the data in on the other platforms just because there are so many of them. And, uh, and I know that we are number one in Uganda. Yeah, and I think we're like, like 37th in Hong Kong. I know, but obviously number 22 in this country is gigantic. We have passed some major players. In just the uh, seven weeks or so of the show, we have passed some major players. We're leaving some major people who've been doing this a long time, conservative or just any political talk. We're leaving them behind. We're leaving them behind like a transgendered female athlete uh, competing against biological girls in the high hurdles. I mean, it's like, zoom, zoom. Okay, maybe that's not the best analogy. Well, anyway, uh, we are. We're rocking the party, and we're rocking the free world, and the not-so-free world as well. We're even like number 57 in China. Can you believe that? Unreal. Unreal. Special guest today. Kathy Barnett is running for Senate in Pennsylvania, the national Senate seat left by Pat Toomey. Oh, my goodness. I'll just tell you right now, I just got off the phone with her, just did the interview, and it is she's a rock star. I'm not going to edit one second of what she had to say. Because it is powerful. She is a black, female, conservative. That really doesn't matter. What she has to say, though, is (laughs) she's got her act together. She has got her act together. So the president of the United States, uh, (laughs) yesterday he went uh, online to talk about the the White House channel, okay? And uh, he was going to talk about uh, the American Rescue Plan, otherwise known as the Democrat Donors Rescue Plan. And you want to guess how many people watched? (laughs) This is the WhiteHouse.gov YouTube channel, I believe. 649 people were watching. 2,000 people gave him a thumbs down. And only 200 people gave him a thumbs up. He is not resonating. He did not get 81 million votes. It's painfully obvious. It's painfully obvious. Here he is yesterday going complete blank. And I will tell you, and and again, I am not an expert. I don't see how he stays the president through the end of the year. And all of the signs are there. All of the signs are there. I played it yesterday. They were calling it the Biden-Harris ticket, the Biden-Harris administration, the Biden-Harris administration. Joe Biden has called her President Harris many times. Kamala Harris has said she's the president. She said it multiple times. Guys, they're setting us up for a transition, which is going to be a constitutional crisis. That's why I think there's still 5,000 troops in Washington, D.C., or at least one of the many things. Here he is. Guys, listen to this. This is the president of the United States. This is the most powerful man supposedly in the free world. And we'll get into who's really running the White House very shortly with some of the great guests on Newsmax. But first, here's Joe doing another grandpa moment. Spoken about your relationship with him in the past. Do you still think you can work with him when he says things like that? Look, um, he said that uh, in our last administration, Barack, he was going to stop everything. And I was able to get a lot done with him. Um, Again, he called uh, it the last administration, Barack. Um, look, uh, everything I'm proposing. Listen to this again. Let's listen to the gap. Um, again, um, 
Look, uh, everything I'm proposing that be done to generate economic growth, employment, and uh, put us in a position where we can outcompete. Unbelievable. Here he is mumbling about uh, restaurants. But some of the parts of, the ec- of our economy need special help. At the top of that list is our nation's restaurants. When COVID-19 pandemic struck, our nation's restaurants were some of the first hit and the worst hit. In 2020, more than 2,300, excuse me, 2 million, 2.3 million oh, restaurants jobs disappeared. 2.3 million restaurant jobs disappeared. Restaurants are more than a major driver of our economy. They're woven into the fabric of our communities. And so for many families, restaurants are the gateway to opportunity. Unbelievable. Now here he is, he apparently got a little, he got a little angry. He did one of those little angry outbursts. You ever seen that? You know, you see it on The Simpsons, with Grandpa Simpson every once in a while. He'll get all sorts of mad and he'll start spewing. Oh, this is kind of what Joe Biden is doing. Here he is, here he is just absolutely kind of losing it. Like I said, not too long ago, I guess it was back in the, in the 2000 range thereabouts. Don't hold me the exact year. I'll get, I'll have my staff come back to the exact date. The average CEO of the Fortune 500 companies made like 36 times what the average employee of that corporation made. It's over 450 times as much now. As my mother would say, who died and left them, boss? No, seriously, what rationale? Tell me what benefit flows from that. Why are you worth millions of dollars? Why do you have several mansions? In the city, you only made $170,000 a year. We're not going to deprive any of these executives of their second or third home, travel privately by jet. It's not going to affect their standard of living at all. Not a little tiny bit. By the way, there was a lump on the side of his head in his temple. You can't see the video if you're doing the audio podcast. But he has a large lump on the right side of his temple that people have been kind of wondering about. But I can affect the standard of living that people I grew up with if they have a job. I can expect to make sure the standard of living people I grew up with, if they have child care, can afford it, so 20 million women can be back in the workforce. You, sir, have not been in the workforce. You have been a politician for 50 years. You are so far separated from people who make a living, who people who work two or three jobs, for crying out loud. I did that for about three years just recently. This is just not, makes no sense to me. But... It's gonna, I'm going to have to be able to explain this, and I'm going to keep banging at it. I think I'm not being solicitous, and I'm not trying to ruin your reputation. I think most of you understand what I'm saying, whether you agree with me or not. I think. Wow. I, I just... Um, last Friday, I guess, he was talking about Amtrak, because he's a big user of Amtrak, and they've got that, uh, that corridor going up there on the East Coast that only the East Coast uses, and they want $80 billion to... Uh, to fix a bleeding railroad that has always lost money and prop it up a little bit more. It's kind of like the, a railway version of the post office. Here he is telling his, uh, this is a story that he relayed. And uh, I was getting on the train and Angelo Negri came up to me and goes, Joey, baby. And he grabbed my cheek, started to squeeze it like he always did. Now he said this happened in his fourth or fifth year as vice president. So it'd be about 2014 to 2015. I'll explain why the, he's making this up. And I th- or he's just mistaken. Thought he was going to get shot. <laughs> I'm serious. And I said, No, no, he's a friend. He said, Joey, what's the big deal? 
a million, 200,000, 300,000 miles on Air Force Two. You know how many miles you travel on Amtrak? I said, no, Anz, I don't know. And he gave me the calculation. And he said, you travel 1,515,000 miles on Amtrak. So the fact is, I'd probably take Anz's word before I took the word. Of- Here's the only problem. Um, the guy had retired 20 years before that. And his mother had passed away several years before that as well. Not a big surprise to a guy who lied about saying he was arrested in South Africa. I spent my whole life fighting for civil rights, voting rights, social justice, economic justice. And that's what I'll do when I'm your president. This day, 30 years ago, Nelson Mandela walked out of prison and entered into discussions about apartheid. I had the great honor of meeting him. I had the great honor of being arrested with our U.N. ambassador. Yeah, there's no record of that at all. On the streets of Soweto trying to get to see him on Robbins Island. When he came to the United States, when he came to the White House, to the Senate, I was chairman of the committee, and he walked in. And most incredible thing I've ever felt in my life, he walked across in that I don't even want to think about what you felt in your life. Private room with the big table we have in the, in the executive room. And he walked over, and I said, Mr. President, he leaned, I said, thank you. Thank you for trying to come and see me. Yeah, okay, sure, sure, sure. Uh, by the way, it's, uh, this this whole story thing led, has led some people to compare the story to the so-called Mandela effect. This is according to the UK Daily Mail, which is a gift from God. I love the, love the paper. love the website. A phenomenon which a person's vivid memory of a historical event or cultural touchstone turns out to be false. So you, the, the story about him being there when John Wilkes Booth broke his leg and uh, Joe Biden chased him out of the theater apparently didn't happen. Not saying he wasn't he wasn't old enough to be there, but yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 So here's the latest thing, and, and they're becoming bullies now. They're gonna be they're gonna become bullies as far as uh, the COVID vaccine is concerned, and and there are literally businesses that are saying like you can go to uh, I guess uh, is it White Castle? They're doing cake pops. You get a free cake pop if you get a friggin' uh, vaccine. So you go to somewhere else, you get a free whatever, free order of fries, a free beer. What really? Really? Now you're just taking it to a, a creepy, weird, awful way with this with this vaccine. Well, you've got corporate America, the same corporate America that said no to my pillow. Okay, the same corporate America that that uh, you said you cannot put Mike Lindell out of business because he raised some questions about the election. Okay, and now they're going to give you some free bows. They're going to give you some discounts. If you go get a vaccine, do you want the restaurant you go to? Do you want free French fries from a freaking restaurant if you can show them that you have the vaccine? What business is it of whatever business is offering this? What business is it of yours that I've gotten the vaccine or I don't have it? Are you out of your nut? Are you? and, and, And you know what? For those who would say, oh, yes, here, let me show you my vaccine records to the drive through employee. Yeah, I'd like my free cake pop. You're just really, I mean, you need to get some help. And if you know somebody who's like that, you might want to get them some help. Because this is just so ungodly creepy, I can't stand it. I'm Honestly, you got Barack Obama telling children, hey, Barack, look me, it's Barack. Remember me? I'm Barack. I'm Barack. I got several big mansions around the country, and you couldn't even get close to me with a 10-foot pole. But I'm suddenly Barack. <sighs> Tucker Carlson uh, said, and he was referring to, I guess, this uh, CDC portion of the website called the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. And he says that roughly 30 people every day are dying after taking the coronavirus vaccine. And it has sparked some backlash in the scientific community on Wednesday. Now, I don't know if this is the case. 
He pointed out that according to the VAERS of statistics, 3,362 people died after receiving a COVID vaccine in the U.S. between December and April 23rd. About 30 a day. Health professionals said he is misrepresenting the data. They pointed out that VAERS data is heavy and disclaimers which point out that someone dying after receiving a vaccine is not the same as someone dying as a result of the vaccine. Now listen to what I have to say about that because you're only going to hear it right cheer on this podcast, the Newsmax Daily with yours truly, Rob Carson. You ready? This is the same thing they've been doing with COVID deaths. People have been put having put COVID on their death certificates when they didn't die of COVID, they died with COVID. Ding, ding, ding. He shoots, he scores. They're doing the same thing with COVID deaths. People are dying in motorcycle accidents and they're saying that it was COVID, but they died with it, not from it. Colorado Springs, there was a guy shot to death, murdered. He, he was murdered with a gun. He died of the bullet wound. They put COVID death on his death certificate. Do you know why? Because states get money. States get lots of money. If people die of COVID and people test positive for COVID, that's what it is. I don't know where that singing came from. What is wrong with my brain here? Anyway, at least I'm not like Joe Biden. You just wouldn't hear anything. No, no. Then I just get real mad. You know. CDC says 148 million Americans have now been vaccinated and are all eligible for free French fries and cake pops. With huge benefits to the health of the nation, health uh, experts pointed out that the risks have been studied and deemed minimal. Go out and do the American duty. Your American duty, it's patriotic to get a shot. Yes. Just need some patriotic music there. Kind of like the movie Captain America. Did you see the movie Captain America at the beginning? They got this big, you know, movie tone, you know, theme to promote Captain America. That's what they're doing the vaccine now. Do your patriotic duty. Don't get stuck without it. You know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, the CDC saying, well, yeah, they, they died with the vaccine. They didn't die because of it. Well, there are a lot of people dying with COVID and not dying from it. So there you go. That's the only kind of analysis of this you'll hear in the entire world. Right here on the Newsmax Daily with yours truly, Rob Carson. Andrew Cuomo announced separate baseball CD <laughs> for vaccinated and unvaccinated fans. <laughs> Well, let's, should we do should we do separate drinking fountains and bathrooms too? <laughs> I mean, I could laugh at this, but God, it's terrifying. Andrew Cuomo announced Wednesday that Yankee Stadium and New York Mets City Field will have separate seating areas for vaccinated and unvaccinated fans. Oh my God! Starting May nineteenth, fans who've been successfully vaccinated and done their American duty will be permitted to sit next to one another in full capacity sections at either stadium, according to Cuomo's uh, Wednesday press conference. Unvaccinated fans will be directed to a different sections with only thirty-three percent capacity, where they will surely be uh, ostracized and made fun of. I do believe they're actually handing rotten fruit to the people who have been vaccinated to throw at the unvaccinated fans. I mean. <laughs> This is this is 2021. This is why we have to take back uh, the houses of Congress uh, next year. We have to do this. We have to do this. Uh, this is a quote for baseball reopening May 19th. Two different categories: not Yankees, Mets vaccinated, not vaccinated, vaccinated people, normal capacity, not, uh, normal seating for people who are vaccinated. We ask them to wear masks for unvaccinated people. The six foot distancing applies with masks. <laughs> 
Cuomo said we will set up at the game a facility as you're going in. Come in a little early and get your vaccine at the game. First 5,000 fans get a vaccine shot and a t-shirt or a bobblehead. Maybe they'll do a Fauci bobblehead like they always do. First 5,000 fans get a Fauci bobblehead and the COVID vaccine. It's on your way. Stop and get a vaccine. If you get a vaccine, you get a free ticket to a Yankees or Mets game. And this is the Yankees. The Yankees said, we want to thank Governor Cuomo for his decision, which will allow more fans into Yankee Stadium, provide us with additional opportunities to further encourage people to get vaccinated. What business is it of pro baseball to get you vaccinated? Dear God. Here is, uh, this is Jason Rance. He is a talk show host, I believe, in Seattle, talking about uh, vaccine segregation. Yeah, so Governor Inslee just released some guidance allowing vaccinated-only sections. So vaccination... This is in Washington State, by the way. ...and segregation at outdoor stadiums, at graduation ceremonies for schools, even your church. So now you get some of your freedoms back to pray in vaccinated-only sections. Now, you still have to wear a mask outside, surrounded by people who are vaccinated, which obviously makes no sense. You get a separate entrance to go into some of these sections, but you have to show your vaccine paperwork. You literally have to show then a vaccine passport to gain entrance. We need to see your papers. This is America. 2021. Into the sections. So you have to prove that you've been vaccinated. You have to show your medical paperwork, your medical history. (laughs) So no longer are we talking about (sighs) your privacy. No longer, by the way, are we talking about IDs being racist or equity concerning access to the vaccines. You actually have to show this information. Now, some people are saying, look, this is not the same thing as coercion. This is all optional. (laughs) However, to go to Washington State University or the University of Washington, students have to get vaccinated. It is a mandate. The staff at the University of Washington do not, but the staff do. So we're talking about college-age students, many of whom have already had COVID, who have right. literally the antibodies going through their system as we speak, have to get a vaccine, and they have no choice if they want to go back to campus. By the way, he did the interview on the Tucker Carlson show. So want to get props, want to get props, want to get props. I'm not going to tell you how to do what to, how to live your life. I have not gotten the vaccine. I'm just going to admit it. I haven't gotten it. Am I on the fence about it? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Am I absolutely not going to take it? Not going to tell you. Am I going to take it? Not going to tell you. But I think if you look at the evidence of all the chicanery that's going on, why would somebody want to get in line? This is really unprecedented. This is unprecedented, and it should scare the H out of you. Wake up. Oh, check this out. Now big social media is being emboldened by Facebook's decision to continue banning Donald Trump. Oh, God in heaven, when we do take both houses of Congress, I hope they bust up, bust up these big social media monopolies. My Facebook page, my big page that reached hundreds of thousands of people disappeared on the morning of November the 4th of 2020, the day after the election. I hadn't posted anything the day before. They just took it down and it went away. Right now on my other Facebook pages, Carson Show and The Rob Carson Show, they're limiting my reach. I can't reach hardly anybody with a post. I was getting hundreds of thousands of views per post. Now I get 20. It is obvious. I was taken off YouTube. Parlor. Parlor, the so-called, oh, lordy, lordy, car parlor. The, they're going to ride in on a, on a white horse and save everybody. Well, Parlor, they booted me too. And I've written them again, 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 and again, and again. And they know who I am. So when Donald Trump launches his uh, social networking site, I'm there. I got accounts with MeWe and Gab.
and Magabook, M-A-G-A book.com. I have two Facebooks. I have one Twitter. I have an M-I-I page. What else do I have? I got a lot of crap. <laughs> Just unreal. So now Twitter, they, they've suspended a new Trump Twitter account, not for Donald Trump. It's just one that is uh, uh, been set up. It's called the DJT Desk, set up Tuesday to share personal statements from Trump. As of Wednesday morning, the uh, evening, the account had been suspended by Twitter for violating its rules. These are social networks banning a, a former president of the United States. Do you realize how big that is? Do you realize how big that is? Do you realize the prime minister or the president of Syria is still on? Do you realize how big it is that big social media is banning the former president of the United States, banning him from being able to express himself? This is bigger than you can ever imagine. Here is Jen Psaki yesterday. Are you ready for some hot Psaki, everybody? Here is Jen Psaki essentially agreeing. They got, Democrats have no problem with the conservatives being shut down. They're in, they're in the tank. They're in the tank. They were in the tank with the big social media, uh, uh, big, big mainstream media, and the Democrat Party. They all came together. It was made very clear. They all worked together. Time Magazine celebrated that. They all worked together to get Donald Trump out of office. Here's Jen Psaki, and she's cool with it. Facebook has decided to keep former President Trump off of its platform for now. Senator Ted Cruz tweeted the following, for every liberal celebrating Trump's social media ban, if the big tech oligarchs can muzzle the former president, what's to stop them from silencing you? What do you make of that comment? Does he have a point? Well, let me first say that um, this is an independent board's decision. Uh, and She's starting to duck up, which means she's going to cover up something. Uh, we're not going to have any comment on the future of the former president's social media platform. That's a decision. But she's going to go ahead and do it anyway, in a back way, back doorway. That uh, it sounds like the independent board punted back to Facebook to make in the next six months, as I know you all have reported. Um, the president's view is that um, the major platforms uh, have a responsibility. Uh, related to the health and safety of all Americans uh, to stop amplifying untrustworthy content. Dis this is where she's actually talking about Donald Trump, but saying she's had no comment about it. Information and misinformation, especially related to COVID-19, vaccinations, and elections. <laughs> and we've seen that over the past several months, broadly speaking. I'm not placing... I got booted for not agreeing with the WHO, which is a gigantic corrupt organization that covered for China. I got booted from Twitter for that. Any blame on any individual or group. We've seen it from a number of sources. Uh, he also supports better privacy protection protections and a robust blah, antitrust blah, blah, program. Blah, 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 so his blah, view blah, 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 is that there's more that needs to be done to ensure that this type of misinformation, disinformation, misinformation, disinformation equals conservative information, damaging, sometimes life-threatening information is not going out to the American public. You mean like Maxine Waters saying that she's uh, that they should in, increase their uh, confrontational uh, with, with police officers and otherwise and, and espousing violence? More that needs to be done. Are there any concerns, though, about uh, First Amendment rights? And where does the White House draw the line on that? Well, look, I think we are, of course, a believer in First Amendment rights. I think what the... No, you're not. That's a bunch of BS. ...decisions are that the social media platforms need to make is how they address the disinformation, misinformation, especially... Conservative. ...especially related to life-threatening issues like COVID-19 and vaccinations um, that have, are, continue to proliferate on their... In other words, if you do not agree with government propaganda... 
promoted by the big social media, the Democrat Party, and the mainstream media, that's disinformation. Do you, do you know how Soviet Union that sounds? Do you know? You don't even realize it, do you? You don't even realize that, that we have entities in this country who are behaving exactly like North Korea and Cuba, the former Soviet Union. It's happening. It's happening. Unbelievable. Here is Senator Ed Markey, and he's saying the same thing. You know, when you're on the winning side with uh, social media and you're, you're, your viewpoints are not going to be banned because you're a raging lunatic leftist and you're all in on the WHO and the COVID vaccine and, uh, and, and massive spending that doesn't need to be done and bankrupting the country and all that, you're perfectly fine. And he's perfectly fine with conservatives being shut down. The issue is not that the companies before us today are taking too many posts down. The issue is that they're leaving too many dangerous posts up. Wow. So he says that conservatives need to be silenced more and, and make no bones about it. That's what he's saying. You know it and I know it. By the way, I'm, I'm on a, uh, instead of YouTube, I got booted off YouTube too because I posted a video from Robert Kennedy Jr. about uh, the vaccine and he has some very good things to say about, about vaccines. He's also got some stuff. It's kind of a little off the rails, but I got, I got, I got banned from YouTube for that. Wasn't even my video. <laughs> so I'm on rumble.com. It's called rumble.com and they're cool. And you look up Rob Carson show. I'm on there. So you can see my lovely face all over the world, including you Ugandan people who love my show. I'm number one in Uganda. Thank you very much. Uganda. I should say Uganda. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Definitely, if I've got a big following, I'm coming to Uganda. Oh, yeah, I'm coming. Woo! We're going to have a party. Well, I'm not going to go to China, but I appreciate you people who are listening in China. God bless you. Okay, infrastructure spending is not popular with American voters when it comes to being a Party line vote. 53% of Americans say they favor a major plan to improve America's infrastructure because everybody believes that the roads are absolute hell and they're awful. They're never all fixed, guys. 29% favor the Democrats passing an infrastructure bill in the party line vote. Only 29%. So people don't like the fact that we are being uh, ruled against our will, essentially, is what they're saying. Uh, Liz Cho... Liz Ch- hmm. Try that again. <laughs> Wiz Cheney. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Liz Cheney is currently in serious trouble in uh, in uh, <laughs> in her home state. Yeah, yeah. Republican unfavorables could uh, currently sit at more than twice her uh, favorable numbers among Wyoming Republican primary voters. Cheney's unfavorable rating is 65%. <laughs> Stick a fork in her, baby, with a net image of negative 36%. I do a lot of grilling and stuff, so if she were a... If she were a roasting chicken, she'd be at 165. Just she done. <laughs> she done. Absolutely. You know, a medium rare steak, she's at 128. She is done. Absolutely done. <laughs> Donald Trump's favorability ratings have uh, overwhelmingly sick 60% net positive. So there you go. <clears throat> this is why she's going to lose her leadership position. This is why Donald Trump is going to become president again. And I think he will. Or somebody who has to espouse his vision for America and kiss his ring. Here is Nancy Pelosi. She is saying that, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying that the Democrats are going to get slaughtered in 2022. And they are, provided H.R. 1 is not passed. And let's hope it is not, because that's about stealing the election. And stealing elections uh, ad infinitum for Democrats. That's what it's all about. So she was on talking to Judy Woodruff on 
PBS, and I think they call this uh, the show, it's called The Little Old Ladies Grousing About Stuff. I think that's what it is. Here she is, and by the way, she talks about the uh, the next election, and she just slips in how they would like to steal it without actually saying they're going to try and steal it. Well, just the elections are about campaigns, and we are ready. We are ready with our M's, mobilization to own the ground, to get out the vote, um, with our message of unity for the people. Uh, and again, so proud of what the uh, Biden-Harris administration is putting forth, and then, of course, with the resources, the money that is needed to do this. Uh, but we we would be better if we can pay the HRNS one. Nope. There you go. That's how they do it. She's admitting that the only way Democrats are going to win is if they pass this bill, which federalizes elections and ensures Democrats will win. We would be better if we can pay the HRNS one in order to remove obstacles to participation for people to vote. It's not about removing obstacles to vote. Not at all. It's about stealing the election for Democrats. Olympic athletes will not be allowed to wear Black Lives Matter apparel during ceremonies in the upcoming Tokyo Olympic Games. You also won't be able to uh, kneel during your national anthem. At least somebody has the cojones to tell athletes to just be athletes. Nobody cares what you think. Nobody cares what you think. Three former chairs of the Democrat campaign arm, the Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee, have sounded the alarm as House Speaker Nancy Pelosi continues to see her extremely slim majority slip Away, I won't get on all, all the uh, the minutia of this article, but they're worried. They're, they're worried, and they should be worried. You know why? Because we're mad. We are really freaking mad. I'll tell you what. We are mad. We are tired of watching the country go up in flames. We are sick and tired of watching the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the assault on the border. We are sick and tired of having our history torn down. For God's sakes, we have a, TV, uh, a team in the NFL called the, the Washington football team because somebody got butthurt over the name Redskins. Everything we have, free speech, gun ownership, is slipping away. And now we can't express ourselves. <laughs> you know, I've already gone through the litany of why the, why the country is, we got to take it back. <laughs> we just got to take it back. Oh, did you see uh, uh, Caitlyn Jenner yesterday? I saw a little Caitlyn Jenner uh, talking to uh, Sean Hannity yesterday. And I, I don't know. If she did, it performed like she is, did in her ad I'm all for it. But what I heard yesterday kind of sounded like maybe a Schwarzenegger-esque governor. She wouldn't even admit that she's a Republican. So I don't, I don't know what to believe. Here is Caitlyn Jenner. She's all about building the wall on the southern border, okay? I am all for the wall. I would secure the Obviously, clearly did not get a voice act to me. We can't have a, a state. We can't have a country without a secure wall. Um, you have two questions here. One is stopping people from coming in illegally into the state. And then the second question is, what do we do with the people that are here? We are a compassionate country. Okay. We are a compassionate state. Um, some help. I mean, some people they're, we're going to send back. Okay. No question about that. But I have met some of the greatest immigrants into our country. Okay. So there, you know, you've got kind of this uh, granting... Um citizenship or amnesty to some degree i suppose for people who have been here a long time that's what i that's what i get from that okay here she is talking about uh, being transgendered and all that stuff trans issues people struggle with big time our suicide rate is nine times higher than the general public and 
um, for me to be a role model for them, uh, to be out there. I am running for governor of the state of California. Who would have ever thought that? We've never even had a woman uh, governor. But some are mad at you. Uh, that's, uh, that's, I don't, you know, I, I move on. I want to be a role model and I think the, and to be a leader. And I think the most important thing as a leader that you can do is your compassion, your honesty. Um, okay, well, I don't know if that's the most important thing you can do as a leader. I, you know, I don't know. Jury is still out on this one for me. Um, the ad made her sound like she was going to be all sorts of conservative and Reagan-esque and all that. And that's what California needs. Because otherwise, it is just going to continue to, uh, you know, take that, that uh, handbags could ride to Hades, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this is cool. Ron DeSantis is kicking butt in Florida. Uh, Florida, I, I think I'd like to move to Florida eventually. I really would. Uh, just get near the ocean. And then also just he's a great governor. And it's, uh, you know, it's a great state. Uh, he has announced on Wednesday that he's going to give $1,000 bonuses to all of Florida's 170,000, 174,000 uh, first responders, including law enforcement, paramedics, emergency medical technicians, and firefighters. Here he is. I asked the legislature in this legislative session, we need to do bonuses uh, for law enforcement. Heck yeah. Someone defund. Some want to defund the police. We're funding the police and then some. There you go. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I'm hoping the tide is turning on this hatred of police. And uh, coming up very shortly, we do have a the, uh, the L.A. County Sheriff talking to, I believe, Rob Schmidt or Greg Kelly about how uh, things have really changed for police officers and how their lives are a living hell in a lot of places. Johns Hopkins School of Medicine and Bloomberg School of Public Health professor Dr. Marty McCary has shown he's not afraid to call out the nation's government health experts and media when he feels they are being overly cautious when it comes to the handling of COVID-19, from the lifting of restrictions for the vaccine vaccinated to the forced isolation of Americans to a health bureaucracy's lack of common sense. He's got a lot of good things to say. He's got a new piece in the, I believe, the New York Post called Don't Buy the Fear-Mongering, the COVID-19 Threat is Waning. And it never was as bad as you thought it was, by the way. And as bad as the Democrat Party has said it was. And the reason why they did it is because they wanted to shut down the country. And they wanted to wreck Donald Trump's chances of, uh, of winning in 2020. Americans are being uh, fed a distorted perception of the risks by the media and some experts. They continue to feel fear by repeating speculation that variants will evade vaccines. He says, don't buy it. The doctor pointed out that about 57% of American adults are vaccinated and around half of the vaccinated population currently have natural COVID-19 immunity from prior infection, which explains why cases in the U.S. have been plummeting, dropping 31% over the last two weeks. And despite Anthony Fauci saying that we are only in the sixth inning as far as this ball game with COVID is concerned. To put things in context, during the mildest flu season in the last eight years, there were 24 million cases, according to the CDC, and approximately 447,000 daily cases during its peak week. By comparison, we're averaging 49,000 daily COVID cases. That same mild flu season resulted in 280,000 hospitalizations. By comparison, current COVID hospitalizations are 34,000. I've talked to nurses and heads of hospitals here in the Kansas side of Kansas City, and I asked them months ago in the height of it, how are you handling the COVID crisis? And they all say, off the record, what COVID crisis? 
Where are the body pits, kids? Where are the body pits? Where are the crowded nurse? Where, where, where are the crowded emergency rooms? I'm not seeing it. Where's the, the ICs that are actually packed, packed with COVID cases? Why don't we need those ventilators anymore? We needed tens of thousands of ventilators. We needed them now. New York and LA needed a hospital ship. They never used it. They set up a hospital in Central Park. They set up a hospital at the convention center in, 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 in New York City. They never used it. You're being played. Played, 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 played. Here is uh, Mariel Bowser, the uh, mayor of New York City, also talking to, I guess, talking to uh, the uh, governor of New Mexico about the Washington, D.C., no dancing at weddings, man. Now, I'm just going to tell you, back up, look at how many wedding receptions you've been in your life. Have you ever been to one where people were not able to dance or stand and talk? That is the absurdity. That is the non-reality. That is the insanity of this, this mayor saying you cannot dance at your wedding reception. You cannot dance at your wedding. You cannot stand and talk at your wedding. You cannot stand and mingle and talk at your wedding reception. This bureaucrat says you can't do that. That is nuts. Ask you about your new guidelines um, for reopening DC. It's getting a lot of attention. Um, here's what you're saying: beginning May 1st, multi-purpose facilities and menus may host events. You are a nitpicking, nitpicking uh, Marxist. Such as weddings, provided that there may be no more than 25% capacity in any room or up to 250 people. Here's what's getting a lot of attention: standing and dancing receptions are not allowed. What good is a wedding without dancing, Mayor? And why no dancing? Now, this is, I haven't even heard this yet. So I'm listening to this for the first time, as are you, okay? So I'll just re respond, uh, you know, accordingly. <laughs> well, I think there's a lot of good to a wedding, like people starting off their, their lives together and doing it. Oh, my God! In a safe way uh, and not doing it in a way that puts themselves or their guests in danger. And let me be clear, uh, on May 1st, we were proud of our residents and businesses who made conditions in D.C. such that we can start opening up these facilities. An alternate headline may be, now you can host a wedding uh, in Washington. But we got our, our, we got our nose in your business. You can have a wedding now. But we're going to come to it, and we're going to make it miserable. D.C., a regional meeting. Uh, you can have uh, your friends and family for a family reunion and birthday. Oh, my God, that's so big of you. Oh, dear leader. Oh, dear leader, praise God and praise you. Actually, praise you because God doesn't exist because I'm a liberal. Oh, dear leader, thank you for the, the measly freedoms you are giving me. I should be grateful. Parties at our hotels and restaurants. And just like our restaurants, guidelines suggest is that you have to be uh, seated to uh, enjoy the restaurant. Um, I see that. I see that. Um, we'll give you a minute for your, yeah. your earpiece there. In the meantime, <laughs> Governor, let me. Oh, you know, you enjoy, enjoy your crumbs while I feast on cake. Enjoy your crumbs while I feast on the cake. Unreal. Here's a little bit more. And also, I believe the uh, Arizona, the, uh, the New Mexico governor chimes in as well. Is there dancing allowed in New Mexico, Governor? 
Well, I'll tell you what, if you're socially distanced and you're wearing a mask and you meet the other uh, requirements with our level of vaccinations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're wearing an entire body condom. Um, yes. But okay. I will say. Right. And, and I want to so, uh, give the mayor. Uh, it takes courage to be really clear about what constitutes high risk activities and behaviors. This does not take courage at all. This takes totalitarian thinking. There is no courage involved in telling people they can only have 250 people at their reception, that they have to wear masks, that they can't dance, and they can't stand and talk. That is not courage. And it is something that Democratic governors are leading in this country evidence-based. I I hear you. (laughs) This is why all the Democrat states are, are sucking wind. This is why more people have lost their jobs. This is why they're suffering more. This is why they're going to conservative states. You Cool. But, but Mayor, just just is there any way that you would reconsider with masks oh on oh and boy. say a, 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 a oh. card that shows fully vaccinated that you'd allow dancing? Oh, we're absolutely considering opening more activity. Uh, oh, oh, did you hear her? The dear leader says that we may be able to dance again, but we have to be vigilant. And follow, and follow her rules. Rates go down and our vaccination rates go up. And that's in our hotels uh, and that's in our other venues. Understood. Uh, Mayor no. Bowser, Governor uh, Lujan Grisham, thank you very much for uh, covering all of these topics with us. Great to see you. I would have had them for lunch if I was doing the interview. I just, uh, wow. I just, this is not our country. This is not the country we live in. This is not, this can't be, this cannot be, this cannot stand. This can't get worse. This cannot be allowed to get worse. This cannot be allowed to fester and grow. It can't happen. I live in the state of Kansas. The Kansas legislator, uh, they overrode a veto from the Democrat governor, who is also a member of the toolkit, the Democrat toolkit, Laura Kelly, on election-related reform bills. They wanted to get rid of all the mail-in voting and all the BS, and, and, uh, and uh, she uh, vetoed the bill, and they overrode her. I love it. Every single vote matters, and the accuracy matters. The bill is not about voter suppression. It's about voter accuracy and making sure every vote counts. This according to Senator Karen Tyson. House Bill 2183 focuses largely on mail-in voting, which is always a scam. It limits who is permitted to return a mail-in ballot for another person, makes it a misdemeanor for one person to return more than 10 mail-in ballots, which Democrats really love. The measure also requires the signature on the mail ballot to match the signature election officials have on file, creating a potential for votes to be discarded and bans the Secretary of State from extending mail-in vote deadlines, all tools for stealing elections, the Democrats uh, incorporated in the last election and have incorporated in other elections, and it's not going to happen. There's a new uh, PSA, uh, Republican PSA, um, talking about the uh, uh, voter bill that passed in Georgia that made it harder to steal elections. Uh, Republican Party, I believe this is the Republican Party of North Carolina, went after them and the state of Atlanta and Major League Baseball for pulling the All-Star game. A great American pastime. The left took our game and weaponized it. Pulling its all-star game out of the Atlanta Braves state. The state could lose more than $100 million. Simply crushing. Who was hardest hit? The concession stand worker. Planning on overtime. The hotel staff expecting full capacity. The small businesses Mm -hmm. doing everything they can to survive a pandemic. We must end the cancel culture madness. The left canceled our jobs. They're coming for yours next. Yeah, pretty much there's nothing good coming from the Democrat Party on the left.
unless you want to have a wedding where you can't dance. <laughs> wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, by the way. Uh, restaurants and venues owned by white men will be the last in line for federal relief under President Joe Biden's restaurants revitalization fund. This is real. This is America in 2021. Small Mrs. Administration is opening the application process by which owners of restaurants, bars, and other venues can apply for federal relief. How about just open the damned restaurants? How about that? Plan allows business owners to apply for up to $10 million per business and more than $5 million per physical location. Business owners do not have to repay the funds so long as the money is spent by March 2023. Well, there won't be any fraud in that, will there? The relief is being prioritized based on gender, race, and whether or not business owners are considered socially and economically disadvantaged individuals. White men, for example, who are not veterans of the United States Armed Forces, are not eligible for priority, period, processing, and funding. The Biden administration is defining businesses owned by socially and economically disadvantaged individuals as those who are part of an economically disadvantaged Indian tribe. This is real. Subject to uh, racial or ethnic prejudice or cultural bias, black Americans, Hispanic Americans, Native Americans, including Native uh, Alaska Native and Hawaiian Native, Asian Pacific American, subcontinent Asian American. Whitey is the last on the list. That is racism, pure and Simple. A farmer in Wisconsin, Adam Faust, runs a herd of 140 Holsteins, which make marvelous cheese. He's suing the Biden administration over a COVID relief program that excludes white farmers. It does. It does. $4 million tucked into the Biden administration's COVID-19 plan that forgives loans for farmers and ranchers who are black, Native American, Hispanic, or Asian but not those who are white. This man was born in spina, with spina, spina bifida and uh, had his legs amputated. But he is not economically disadvantaged because he's a white man. Well, let's see. Um, anybody watching who or listening who is white, who is um, not rich, who's not economically uh, disadvantaged? I know a lot of people who work two, three jobs. <laughs> I got I got a friend locally. I, I I haven't been able to. We've been wanting to have him over for dinner on Saturday, but until uh, seven weeks ago, I had to work all weekends. My my week my weeks as a, as a white privileged man, the last three years, I had Wednesdays off and every other Sunday off, and I was working two jobs and doing a podcast. So yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, Donald Trump is off of Facebook. Facebook is uh, waiting another six months before they'll eventually tell him he's still not allowed. Uh, Representative Peter King was on Newsmax, the national report, talking about this sort of censorship. Uh, Congressman King, we'll start with you. Your reaction to this ruling by Facebook to uphold the ban for President Trump, at least temporarily. I think it's unfortunate we even have to discuss this. I think it's outrageous what Facebook has done. And I would say the same if it was Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton. To me, uh, whether or not there's a constitutional right, and it could be a legal right here because of all the legal benefits and coverages and uh, uh, exemptions from liability that Congress has given to these platforms and to Facebook and to Twitter. But uh, I, first of all, I think Facebook is wrong. President is going to get his own platform that's going to work. But I just think Congress has to look at this. I think this is analogous to what we had in the beginning of the last century with antitrust. Uh, sure, you know, uh, consumers can make a choice, but it's not a real choice because you have a few tech companies control everything. 
And uh, to be able to exclude the former president of the United States, or any politician for that matter, but certainly a former president, to me is a, if nothing else, it's a, uh, uh, if not in, in law, at least in fact, it's a It's um, totalitarian. Here is another guest on the uh, National Report on Newsmax, uh, uh, candidate for Texas uh, Representative Susan Wright talking about the same thing. Um, this obviously making waves with so many conservative voices here as they felt silenced along the way. And this ban uh, speaks volumes. Uh, your thoughts on it when you saw that breaking news? Well, I haven't read nearly as much about it as I, as I will, of course, throughout the day. But I will tell you that this, um, this censorship that the uh, tech giants are engaging in is outrageous. It is absolutely outrageous. I don't support it. I think that, uh, you know, you have to really wonder who, who is making these decisions. It's very subjective. There's some things they censor and some things they don't. There's a lot of radical groups on Facebook and other social media platforms who don't seem to be censored at all, but conservative groups and conservative voices are continually censored, continually pushed back, and continually vilified. In Congress, I'll do everything I can to, to shut that effort down. I hope so. I really do hope so. And by the way, I want to mention again, Kathy Barnett, who is running for Senate in Pennsylvania, is coming up in a few minutes. One of the best interviews I've ever experienced with someone running for office. This woman is rock solid. Do not go anywhere. You're going to love this. So Grant Stinchfield got Matt Getz on. Uh, this is a uh, an exclusive to Newsmax. Uh, Matt Getz is a uh, congressman, and he is under fire for supposedly sex trafficking a seventeen year old. It sounds like he's also being uh, he's being blackmailed for twenty five million dollars. So I have said to even my liberal friends, "What do you think about Matt Getz?" And they they immediately think, "Oh yeah, well I'm going to give him a pass because he's a Republican." No, I, I'm not. I want to know the truth. And what I gathered from, well, I'll tell you at the end. I'll tell you my thoughts on this. I've got three segments from Grant's glorious show, Grant Stitchfield with Matt Getz. Who better to ask if they're true or not and what Joel or Gates Greenberg's motivations may be than Republican congressman from Florida, Matt Gates himself. Congressman, I'd like to welcome you to the program. Thanks for having me, Grant. So what do you think? What do you say? They're true, the 17-year-old... Greenberg, his motivations, lay it on me. I have not sex trafficked anyone. A 17-year-old, a person of legal age, these allegations are false. And as I've stated before, the anonymous allegations against me range from total distortions of my life to these crazy and wild conspiracy theories that will never be proven. But they always come for the fighters, Grant, Donald Trump. Donald Trump Jr., Rudy Giuliani, Steve Bannon, Matt Gates. It's never the meek that they come for. It's always those who are fighting hard for the America First agenda, and I've got a lot of fight left in me. Okay, all right, so that's, um, you know, uh, it's true. I mean, it's true. They don't go after conservatives. They, they uh, for instance, Twitter didn't even talk. It didn't allow stories about Hunter's laptop before the election. Uh, they're never held accountable. Democrats are never held accountable. Hillary Clinton was never held accountable for his her server or the emails that she deleted against a court order. None of this happens. If you're if you're a Democrat, you can get away with anything. Here is part number two, Grant Stinchfield with Matt Gates. All right, Matt, so the allegations are salacious. Of course they are, because that's what they do. Is there anything that you can think of? That you regret, man, I wish I didn't do that. I didn't. I wish I didn't travel with them. I didn't say this or do that. Is there anything out there you can think of now? 
of course, there are a ton of things in my life looking back that I wish I would have done differently, but none of them are criminal. None of this constitutes a crime. What you see from the government, I think, is really a politicization of the Department of Justice. And really, that started under... And if nothing criminal has happened, then they should mind their own damned business. Barack Obama and Eric Holder. And then it continued over... Darned business. Sorry about that. I mean, you think about what they're doing to me. It has no comparison to the level of venom they brought against Donald Trump. You had an FBI lawyer literally change evidence before a secret court to try to get somebody and obtain surveillance on someone who they thought was close to Donald Trump. So if they would do that to the president of the United States, do you think it's the first time they've done it? Do you think it would be the last time they've done it? I think there's a lot of swamp left to be drained at the Department of Justice. I don't think that should be a place where we exact our politics. And I'm confident that in the end, the truth will prevail as to my conduct and, and as to others. I mean, Rudy Giuliani is an American patriot. The guy single-handedly brought down the mob in the Southern District of New York, and now they're going after him. Yeah, and there's no doubt that the FBI is being weaponized against conservatives. There's no doubt about it at all. Uh, one more with uh, Matt Gates and Grant Stinchfield. There is no 17. It's despicable. All right, la lastly, any idea who the 17-year-old is, is they're talking about? There is no 17-year-old that I had any sexual contact with as an adult man. Absolutely not, does not exist, did not happen. And I do think that you make an important point that we're now more... I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Monica Lewinsky. ...than a month into anonymous allegations being leveled against me, and I'm unaware of a single person that has directly accused me of any misconduct. Okay, so the, to me, this kind of reminds you, you, you ever when you were in, uh, I mean, just talk to the guys who were in, uh, in football practice, you did the tire thing, you know, you, you put your foot in each tire and you ran there, you know, that's kind of how he danced through the interview. So I don't, I don't think he, maybe he didn't do anything illegal. Um, I, you know, I don't know. He was very he was very careful with his answers. That's all I got to say. I'm not going to judge him guilty or innocent. He just was very, you know, he, put, he made some good points, you know. So anyway, Greg Kelly had Donald Trump Jr. on talking about media censorship, big social media censorship. And of course, as always with Donald Trump Jr., he was on Fuego. What they have done to free speech, what they have done to your dad, what they have done to so many of us on social media is appalling. You know about Facebook and what they did today, what they announced what are your thoughts right now? Listen, I mean, this has been going on for a long time. Yeah. Uh, you know, Donald Trump was one of the first people to really, you know, start fighting back against that. You know, I've done the same for the last five years against the, sort of the tyranny of big tech, uh, everything that's going on out there. I mean, I wrote liberal privilege last summer. Turns out all the predictions I made in that book uh, are coming true uh, times about 10. And that's the reality. Uh, the Republican Party has traditionally valued sort of that, you know, that freedom and, the, you know, you turn the other cheek and you accept someone else's opinion. The left is opposite. Yep. Uh, you know, their policies, you know, liberalism is their religion. Uh, this is a blood sport for them. Uh, there's nothing they won't do to prevent this. You know, they, they don't want someone to have a platform. You saw, you know, literally like at the Democrats today, like their, you know, verified Twitter account, you know, demanding that Facebook permanently ban Donald Trump because they understand that Donald Trump, unlike so many... 
They're afraid of him. The in establishment politics actually they're afraid of you resonates with the American people. They understand what he means. He's having a conversation with them, not lecturing at them like the Democrats seem to do. They're deathly afraid of that. And that's why they want to silence anyone who has the ability to move the needle. Anyone who has the ability to actually get out there and make sense of the stupidity of the Democrat Party platform and especially this administration's platform. Why do you think this show has gone from zero? Nobody's heard of Rob Carson. Uh, the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson just started seven weeks ago, already number 22 on Apple Podcasts in America. Growing dramatically in places like Australia and Great Britain and uh, Hong Kong and China. Why? Because truth is powerful. And when you try to cover up truth and when you try to censor people, people get, begin to fight back. The message is resonating. And, and I'm not here to lie to you. I'm here to entertain you. I'm here to inform you, maybe even motivate you to do good, like, you know, supporting your local police department. Those are my mantras. Here is a little bit more from Donald Trump Jr. on social media manipulation, talking with Greg Kelly on Newsmax. Because I do know a lot of people are holding back. You know, they just feel like I can't necessarily say that about November. I can't necessarily say that about January. Yeah. You know, I, I'm afraid of the heat. I'm afraid of... I literally know what will get banned if I go to try to post it on Facebook. I know what they'll block. Of, uh, being deplatformed. Well, 100%. I mean, you know, I see that all the time. I see that, you know, I'm pretty good at the social game. I, you know, I understand exactly what's going to happen every time I hit send. And, you know, the amount of sort of fake censorship and the nonsense fact-checking, you know, about either opinion or this where, you know, every, everything's out of context, meaning they can manipulate context to mean whatever the heck they want it to be, even if it's very clear. I mean, I, you know, I've had, you know, actual video of other people. Well, it's missing context, therefore we're going to ding you. It's like, what's the yeah. context? It's on video. It's right there. Yeah. People can judge for themselves. They don't allow that. So, you know, I've definitely been censored on a lot of these platforms. I've definitely been sort of shut down on a lot of the platforms to an extent. Uh, you know, I see sort of my engagement numbers. I see sort of the hits. I've, you know, one platform I literally, it was last week, I had close to 30 million impressions, wow. averaging about 250,000 likes per post, and I had 304 new followers. <laughs> I have a feeling that's not statistically <laughs> possible. I have a feeling you're exactly right. Here's Greg Kelly talking to uh, uh, Emerald Robinson, who is the White House correspondent for Newsmax, and she's absolutely terrific, talking about uh, who's really in charge at the White House. Well, when we're talking about who's in charge at the White House, I think it's important to remember what President Obama had to say during a Colbert interview in December when he said he'd like to be the puppet master behind the scenes. Listen. Listen, listen. If I could make an arrangement where um, I had a, I had a, a stand-in, a front man or front woman, and, and they had an earpiece in, and I was just in my basement in my sweats mm -hmm. looking through the stuff, and then I could sort of deliver the lines, but somebody oh. else was... Wow. Uh, doing all the talking and the ceremony. <laughs> I, I'd be fine with it. Wow. So if Obama is the puppet master, who are the key players? Sources tell us, Greg, that Obama loyalist Susan Rice is really a driving force, the driving force here at the White House. Now, the former national security advisor to Obama, who is now the uh, Biden domestic policy advisor, even though she has no domestic policy experience. Huh. Her placement at the DPC is a strategic one, and it's not just because it's housed in the executive office building beside of the White House. Unbelievable. 
Sometimes the uh, the truth is right there in front of your face, isn't it? Isn't it? Here's a little bit more about uh, Kamala Harris's role in the White House now. Now let's also talk about Vice President Harris because she's very important in this. Uh, as we talked about yesterday, she has a, a very heavily weighted role, much more so than her predecessors as Vice President. Look, she largely owes this position, having this position to Barack Obama. According to D Democrat insiders that we talked to, Greg, Harris was actually Obama's pick for the presidential nominee for the Democrats in 2020. Remember, he is successfully tried to talk Joe Biden out of running. However, Harris could only garner 6% of support of the Democrat voters. It was Obama who convinced Biden to pick uh, Harris as his running mate. She, uh, according to former White House officials we talked to, Susan Rice can leverage her position as the vice president in helping back the initiatives that they're trying to push uh -huh. and get the backing of Ron Klain. By the way, Kamala Harris brought nothing to the ticket. Just just think about it. I want you to think about it on your own the next 24 hours. What did she bring to the ticket? I mean, she checked a couple boxes, female, uh, black, Indian. She brought nothing to the ticket. She's not a popular person. She dropped out of the uh, primaries very early because she was in last place. What did she bring to the ticket, guys? Unless they already knew that the election was uh, in the bag. I don't know, no, just some, some food for thought. I don't know, you know, I'm just thinking out loud here. Just thinking out loud, here is uh, Rob Schmidt talking to Devin Nunes about uh, about censorship, social media, and whatnot. They hear this from Adam Schiff, a person who has lied, who has put out dangerous lies uh, into this country uh, for years that hampered a, a, a presidential administration. What do you say to that? Well, we're at a spot in this country where millions of Americans are being poisoned by the socialist Democrats and the left. It started many years ago, but for sure in 2016, when they started this nonsense about Russia, uh, the social media companies ran with that. They continued to let this uh, hoax uh, be promoted, whether it was the Russia hoax or the Ukraine sure. impeachment hoax. Yeah. This is all uh, part of the left's plan to introduce propaganda into the ecosphere to where it poisons the minds of Americans. And so the Democrats are, are very good at this. What they do is they, they build narratives and they drop these narratives on the American people because, look, the viewers that are viewing Newsmax right now, they're viewing Newsmax right now because they're not buying what all of these social media companies, these tech oligarchs are selling, sure. and they're not buying what the mainstream media is selling. So mm -hmm. every day that goes by that Newsmax gets more of an audience, uh, the better off we all will be because the American people can get real information and hear from people that are actually trying to do uh, what we have in front of us, which is a very difficult job uh, with all the threats that our country now faces. And I'm going to tell you that every Newsmax personality that I know, and I know most of them, the big names, Grant Stinchfield, Chris Salcedo, Rob Schmidt, um, Rob Fitterty in the morning, they are committed individuals who believe what they believe. They're not doing anything just for ratings. I can't say the same about, about uh, Chris Cuomo. I cannot say the same thing about Chris Cuomo or Don Lemon. It's about uh, sticking to their convictions. As opposed, If they were Democrats, they'd actually have convictions. I mean, literal convictions, spend some time in jail. Um, but anyway, <laughs> we're not here to fool you. We are here to entertain, inform you. And with me, uh, entertain, inform, motivate you to do good possibly. That's why this News Next Daily podcast is growing so dramatically. And if you would, will you do this today? Will you share this on social media? 
all of you who are listening, all of you who are listening to this show right now, if you would, wherever you're listening to it, whatever platform you're listening to it on, share it with others. If not, here is the main site where you can find all of the platforms we're on. It's NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. Let's make this number one. We went from zero to 22, zero to 22 in seven weeks on Apple Podcasts. Let's make it number one. And here's a promise that I will make to you. I will tell you the truth. I will entertain you. I will inform you. I will make you laugh. I promise you that. I promise you that every day. In case you didn't know, every day I bring game. That's what I'm all about. I'm going to go ahead and go right to the, uh, the, the, the big interview of the day. Ka- uh, Kathy Barnett is running for Senate for Pat Toomey's seat in Pennsylvania. She is a rock star. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready to have your stuff blown away. Let's call her right now. Hello? Hello, Kathy Barnett. Rob Carson, how are you? I'm doing well. All of that energy, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have as much energy as you because you're running for office, and you got to have yeah. a I, you got to have a lot of energy, especially running for Senate. Your life must be crazy right now. Oh, but it's a good kind of crazy. If there's such a thing, yeah, yeah, it's really good. The support has been amazing. Yeah, the good kind of crazy. I'm actually married to it. <laughs> Just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> She would say the same about me. So, uh, Kathy, I saw you. You, um, I heard about you through the Sean Hannity show and your terrific ad when you you were at Gettysburg, and it really, really moved me. And uh, let me ask you uh, a couple of things here. First of all, I, I know you ran for Congress uh, unsuccessfully uh, in the 2020 general election. I don't know exactly what what exactly happened there, and and how do you suppose it's going to be different with the senatorial run? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You know, we went to bed on November 3rd. I had won 76% of the precincts. Yep. Woke up the next morning, had not won one of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh-huh. you know, so it has been, it has been, you know, one of our new, one of my new passions is understanding voter role, understanding who these people are. Uh, election integrity is very high on my radar. Um, I believe our country does not work without that. Yeah. Um, aspect being very clear and cleaned up. Um, and so, you know, so we've been working alongside the right people, making sure yeah. that, um, that change comes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, come on. Uh, I, this obviously uh, affected the presidential election, but also apparently uh, majorly down ticket. I think it happened in Georgia with the two Senate seats. I don't think there's any way that those two Democrats won. It, it, that, and you were talking, you know, you go to bed, you're thinking, hey, man, uh, November the 4th, I'm going to be, uh, you know, celebrating a victory. <laughs> How did that feel? It must have been so crushing to see that happen. And I'm not bad enough. If you, if you, if you get the, votes announced that night and it's all uh, on the up and up. But the next morning when you wake up, how did that feel? Yeah, well, there was no announcement of such. It was just we were watching and monitoring and we and we were keeping count of, you know, the precincts that were coming in. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I experienced, like most people, I'm sure, uh, you know, all, all kinds of emotions. Yeah. What I do know is that I could not do what I'm doing today and running for the U.S. Senate without having gone through what we went through last year. Um, And overwhelmingly, uh, the people responded amazingly to my message. And my message is one of, I love my country and I want to see everyone do well. 
And today, our nation is being unraveled at the yeah. scenes. It is. Um, I, I, scenes. Uh, every, everywhere you look, we're being unraveled. And it is untenable. And we need to start having real conversations about the real things that are going on in our nation. Well, I, I agree. And I think there is a there is a rage inside of people across the country who are tired of statues being torn down and tired of... I mean, George Floyd was killed by a police officer. And I do believe that Derek Chauvin was guilty. Uh, but, but why did we have to change the name of the Washington Redskins because of that? Why, why did Aunt Jemima have to go away? Uh, you know, these are, and I'm not, I don't care about Aunt Jemima. I, I, I like log cabin syrup. I suppose that's racist too, whatever, anyway. Um, but, but on, we, and then all these things, all of our institutions are being torn down. And I've always said that the United States of America has always been the greatest engine of economic and individual freedom in the history of mankind. That's without a doubt. Uh, do you, is that, is that the undercurrent you're hearing from people across the state of Pennsylvania? You know, across the nation um, as well, you know, when we look at what happened with George Floyd and uh, Chauvin, I mean, I don't know anyone who looked at what happened and said, oh, oh no, we need to get, uh, oh, no, you know, um, Chauvin is innocent. I didn't hear anyone say that. No, no. But like I say to people, now, I would have never qualified to be on the jury of Chauvin's trial uh, because I am prejudiced. <laughs> I, 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 looked at the, I looked at the available information and I feel some kind of way about it. Mm-hmm. But like I said to everyone, whether you think he's guilty or not, he deserves due process. God forbid we ever need due process. But if we do, we're going to want it. We're going to want people to hold judgment when it comes to, you know, uh, the, the implications on my life until all the facts come in. And what we're seeing time and time again is that our Constitution is being upended by the will of the mob. Whether it is, you know, let's have a let's have a conversation about these statues. Again, I grew up in the very deep south of Alabama. I grew up with these statues all around me. They never once infringed upon my ability to get myself off that pig farm and to carve a life out for myself. But if you want to have a conversation about it, let's have a conversation. Our nation does not work when one side of the of the aisle act like a mob and begin to just tell the rest of us, shut up, sit down, do what you're told. Our nation doesn't work that way. And right now we are being ruled by the mob. Yes, we are. Now, you're also a black conservative. Uh, we saw what happened to Tim Scott the other day when he uh, said America is not a racist country. Uh, did you see that the Democrat Party, the, the guy who, who called Tim Scott an Oreo, the Democrat yeah. Party refused to take his, his um, resignation. They refused to boot him. What, is the, what, what are you hearing from people as a black uh, woman and a, and a black conservative from people? Is it still that bad out there? Or are things maybe starting to turn a little bit, uh, a little bit around from the the mentality that everybody's got to vote Democrat if you're black. Well, let me just say, I mean, you know, what we need, what we're experiencing the Democrats right now, specifically as it relates to Senator Tim Scott, is just true to their form. Democrats, uh, it's, it's like yesterday, today, and forevermore. They were the party of slavery. They were the party of Jim Crow. And they continue to be the party of oppression and suppression. If you are black to them, they believe they own you. Oh, yes. They believe you are resting comfortably in their back pocket. And the moment you think, you can think for yourself. This is what you get. So when I see Democrats behaving in this manner, for me, it's not shocking. It's just true 
to their form. These are some of the most racist people. And of course, it's with a smile and they pat black folks on their head (laughs) and they pretend like they love us. But the moment you decide to think for yourself, all hail fire and damnation falls upon you. Well, as soon as you stray from the the thought uh, plantation, which I said, I said when Hillary Clinton said that years ago, I said that's what the Democrat Party is. If you try to stray, they will send the hounds after you and I, I don't think that's a bad analogy people like uh, Al Sharpton they're the ones who will go out and they will shred you there are there are members of the NAACP who will shred you there are members of the Congressional Black Caucus that will go after you to get you back on the on the thought farm right you know one of the things I learned in understanding my own history I have the blood of slaves coursing through my veins on both sides of my family I am um, acutely aware of my of my own history, not just as a black woman, but as an American as yeah. well. I know the good, the bad, the downright despicable things that took place in this nation. And yet I come on the other side and I look at this country and I recognize that America is the greatest nation that has ever existed. Yeah. And she's the greatest nation that has ever existed because she was founded upon the greatest political document ever written, the U.S. Constitution. And the U.S. Constitution is nothing more than a set of law and order, and all of it is being upended. America does not exist as we have known her apart from the U.S. Constitution. And everything Democrats are doing right now is to unravel the U.S. Constitution. A couple of weeks ago, Biden came out in his efforts to tell us he's dismantling the Second Amendment. He let us in on his thinking that all of the amendments are up for reconsideration. And it's not based upon thought and, you know, um, strategic deliberation. It is solely emotional so that they can gain power. I'm going to tell you, uh, what you're saying here is so rock solid. Um, Just really, really, you are obviously somebody who is very, has done your homework. You know exactly what the party needs to to do. What do you think about uh, Liz Cheney? What do you think? about Mitt Romney and those who voted uh, to impeach Donald Trump and that and that wing of the uh, Republican Party. Well, I think that, you know, that all of that we have a right to evaluate our leadership mm-hmm. and that we have a right to hold our leadership accountable yes. to the party. There are a number of people within our party who feel as though they're about to be erased. It does not help when there may be members within our own party who are who who are perceived to be the ones stabbing us in the back right alongside with the opposing party. And when we have that perception, we have every right to go to our leadership and to demand accountability. So I'm grateful that our party is taking that approach and holding our quote unquote leaders accountable to the party and but at the same time i do not believe that we should have um i do not believe that at this moment that we should be hyper focused on uh you know purity tests to the ultimate degree Uh because we need to remain focused on who our enemies really are there are elements within the democrat party not all democrats but there are certainly elements within the Democrat Party who are displaying some very communist-like characteristics right now. These people are all about power and control. While our side is rushing down to the border, Democrats are not. Focus on what Democrats are focused on. H.R. 1, absolutely.
absolute power. Mm-hmm. D.C. Uh, statehood, absolute power. Packing the court, absolute power. These people are wow. not playing with us. And although we need to, you know, to clean up our own house, we can do that. I believe it's very legitimate to do that. We need to never lose focus on what it is we're really fighting. And these are some communist-like Democrats who are displaying some communist-like behavior right now and trying to amass power. That is the real enemy. That is the real elephant in the room. Come or, on! in their case, the real I, donkey. I love this. I, I love this. You are just rocking it. I, I want to come and see one of your speeches. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, the people here in Pennsylvania and across the nation, they are responding so well. I yes. need your listeners to go to barnettforsenate.com and yes. support me. I cannot do this by myself. I never imagined I would do this by myself. This is not about me. This is about getting people in leadership who will not stick their finger in the air to test which way the wind is blowing. But people who will walk into this position with a backbone already, who understand how amazing this country is and how it is our turn to defend her. On our side of the political aisle, we love talking about our founding fathers. Well, guess what, America? They're dead. But when they were here, they did what was within their um, scope to do. It is now on our watch. What are we doing to preserve this nation for the next generation? If we don't get our act together and start supporting candidates who will actually stand up and speak for us, it's not going to be in our in the next generation. It's going to be within our generation. Wow. So we'll be looking a whole lot like Venezuela and talking as um, as President Reagan once said, telling our children about when we used to be free. Oh, I love this. Uh, Barnett for Senate.com. Uh, 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 absolutely just awesome interview. I really have enjoyed talking to you. Um, and I, I, I want to see you in office. I want to see you give them what for, because I know you will. <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness. You better believe it. I love my country. God bless I love, you. When I was in the military, I spent 10 years. I would have laid yeah. my life down for this country. All right. Now it is time for us to rise up. So All please right. support me. I will do everything I can, and I know my listeners will respond. Uh, God bless you, safe travels, and good luck in the election. Blessing. All right. I'll talk to you again soon, okay? Okay. All right, there you go. Barnettforsenate.com. Barnettforsenate.com. All right? Go ahead, and if you can give something, that would be great. I tell you what, what a, just a, what a rock star. What a rock star. Did you hear her to boom, to boom, to boom, to boom? I mean, no hesitation, no ums or uhs, no this or that, just a rock star. Barnettforsenate.com. If you can help out, here's a little bit of her ad that I I, I heard uh, and I saw and I was like, "You, this is amazing. Listen to her. Because now the issue isn't just for someone who looks like me, but it's for people who think like me as well. People who think like me are being canceled, bullied, fired, threatened, and deplatformed. We're told that Black Lives Matter, except, of course, my black life, because I'm a black conservative. Radicals want to control and strip not just black conservatives, but all conservatives of our identity, because we dare to think for ourselves. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. The white man that sits at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue believes he has the power to take away my blackness 
because I'm a conservative, but I will keep on. I will never let the words of another define me or determine my value. You can try to demean me or call me names for what I believe, but Joe Biden, after the November election in 2022, you can call me something else. Senator. Yes. Because this determined black conservative woman is going to become the next United States senator from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. <laughs> I'm Kathy Barnett, and I will not be bullied into silence. As Americans, we are blessed to live in the greatest country this world has ever known. And only in the Democrat Party says our country is racist and awful. By the way, America, can a little black girl who grew up on a pig farm, raised in a home with no insulation, no running water, an outhouse in the back and a well on the side. Where's the chip on her shoulder? Overcome every obstacle and shatter every glass ceiling intended to hold her back. Joe Biden might not think I'm black enough because I won't just shut up and do as I'm told. And D.C. might not be ready for me, but I've never been more ready for this fight. I'm gonna tell you. I hope you would join me on this journey. I can't do it alone. Together, we will keep on and send a message to Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. that his words will not define us, that he cannot belittle us, and he cannot stop us from electing the first black Republican woman to the United States Senate. I'm Kathy Barnett, and I approve this message. And that ain't about checking boxes. That is about a rock-solid rock star. Wow. I am very impressed with her. I just I did not expect it. But I, 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 I want to say, got to call her. Got in touch with her. Oh, my Lord. Barnettforsenate.com. Barnett, B-A-R-N-E-T-T for Senate.com. All right. Help them out if you can. Help them out if you can. Um, just a couple more things before I go. A couple more things real quick. Anderson Cooper uh, hosted Jeopardy. Set a record for the lowest of ratings <laughs> of any guest in the show's history. <laughs> they dropped 7% from a week before a Green Bay Packers QB Aaron Rodgers stood behind the iconic podium. Even Dr. Oz, who variety columnist Daniel Dadaradio accused of uh, giving the show a black eye, uh, attracted a larger audience. <laughs> Anderson Cooper, he, he, it caused the syndicated show uh, to fall behind Family Feud. <laughs> wow. Jeez. I just, you know, I would not want to host Jeopardy. Uh, one more thing before I go. My son's biggest fear is about to come true. Uh, something that has terrified him since he was a child. And it's about to happen again. Are you curious? 17 years ago, when he was four years old, the cicadas came out. He has been terrified of these things ever since. Every time there's a cicada in the driveway near the car, I literally have to move the car or carry him to the car. He cannot be near us. He is terrified of them. You know why? We had moved to Washington, D.C., and we went back to Cincinnati to close. The 17-year cicadas came out. In D.C., there were quite a few of them, not too bad. We got to D- to uh, Cincinnati, and you could not see out your windshield because all the dead cicadas smeared on the windshield. It was apocalyptic in Cincinnati. And I remember when we got to the house, and the trees were crawling with them. You couldn't even see the bark. 
And we grabbed our son and we ran to the front door and we struggled to open the lock as the cicadas were flying around us. And we went inside. And you remember that scene from Indiana Jones in the, temp, or the, the, the first movie when he turned and there were all the, the tarantulas on his back and, and they took the whip and wiped them off? That's what my son had on his back. And that's what we had on ours. Can you imagine that as a four-year-old? And he has been haunted by them ever since. I mean, it's cr- It's crazy. It was really good. One other thing before I go, and I've gone a little long today. I hope you've enjoyed the show. These cicadas that are coming out, and uh, for those of you in other countries, these are these, uh, they go, wee, 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 when you sleep at night, you hear them in the trees. In the summertime, but they're never that many of them. You don't see them very often unless they die and you find them on the, uh, and they look like big flies with red eyes. So um, my wife went out and, and she was going to weed whack the backyard before we sold the house. And so she went out with a weed whacker, and it, it was the same frequency as the dang cicadas. So she's out there, she starts it, and all of a sudden she goes, Wee! and they attacked her. They went after and she came running in. She dropped the weed whacker. She ran into the house. <laughs> so they were real bad in Cincinnati. Uh, and you know, every, you're going you're gonna to see all sorts of stories. People go, we should eat cicadas. Cicadas are quite delicious. We, cicadas are really high in protein. You should eat cicadas. No, they're going to eat cicadas. But you know who loves cicadas? Your dog loves cicadas. Your dog will eat the heck out of cicadas. Your dog will eat so many cicadas they get sick. Seriously. Because I guess they're very delicious. Anyway, it's time for me to go, guys. Barnettforsenate.com. Okay? I'm going to have her on again. She is absolute Kathy Barnett running for Senate. Absolutely a rock star. Wow. Honestly, an impressive person. Also, if you get a chance, guys, will you share this podcast with others? Will you share it with them? Because I think we're providing you with a product that's a little bit different. It's a, it's a look at the day's events. Uh, you know, we like to talk about Newsmax as an organization. It's a wonderful organization, and I think it's an organization you can trust, and you do. And now we've got an oral presentation that not only informs you, but also entertains you and maybe even motivates you. So with that said, thank you for watching me. Make sure to download the Newsmax app on your phone, okay? Make sure to Newsmax app right there. It's free. It's awesome. And also, if you want listings for all of the shows on Newsmax, when and all the times and everything, just go to NewsmaxTV.com. NewsmaxTV.com. And if you want to listen to this podcast and know where it is, NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast, okay? NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. Have a glorious day. God bless you. God bless our first responders, especially our police I will see you again tomorrow and you'll hear me. Until then, bye. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.